Welcome back to Resident Strangers. I'm Sarah Shallow, and as always, I am joined in the studio by Steve Ingram and Rich Holland. You know, it's hard to believe that we've already done nine episodes. Time flies when you're having fun and talking theology. It it sure does. Time, Time flies. And so, you know, we've... I mean, we have so much more to share, but we, we've talked about, you know, many topics already, all related, but, but many that even within Christianity, there can be some differences of opinion and mm-hmm. people tend to have very strong feelings too about the opinions. No. <laughs> you mean we don't all get along? I hate to break it to you, but we definitely don't all get, we, the three of us in this room get along, but you know, in general, um, this can unfortunately cause some division, you know, I love the old poem to live above with the saints. I love, Oh, that will be glory (laughs) to live below with the saints. I know that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, yeah, we we don't really all get along, do we? No. And, and we have, uh, you know, you drive down the street, and I love to see churches, um, but unfortunately, so often it's it's a church because it used to be a part of the church a little further down the street, right? Uh, or you know, we you know that church and they believe this, and this church and they believe that, and uh, and it's tough. And the question is, you know, does all does all theology um, have the same level of importance. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we all in on every theological piece? And if not, you're out or where, where is there room? And that, that's a tough question. Uh, let me maybe start with the story. Cause I think you both have, and I don't know that I have over <laughs> in episode 10. So during the, um, Late 1990s, um, 2000 to about 2008, 2009, uh, I did a lot of teaching for a ministry called Evangelism Explosion. And uh, we still use it here. It's our EE training, our evangelism training. It's just teaching people how to share their faith. But you can imagine there's a lot of different churches that want to share their faith. And I ended up teaching in... Baptist Church, Presbyterian Church, Methodist Church, Church of God, High Pentecostal, Mormon. Um, actually, got to teach it in a Seventh Day Adventist Church. Wow! Uh, and one of the things that for me was so cool was they had boiled down to five theological statements that if we could be in agreement with that, those five things, then we're going to just let everything set to the side. Um, and those five things are the things that we're actually kind of covering and, and doing. They're, they actually used to be known in the early 1900s as the the fundamentals. It's a bad word now, It's a bad word, I know. So I, I hesitated like using it. <laughs> I like the word, but, but it's not but, good culturally. But it is the inerrancy of Scripture, which we've talked about. It is the deity of Christ. It is his uh, atonement on the cross as the only way of salvation. It is a bodily resurrection. And it's the fact that he's going to return. And if we could agree on those five things, because now we're square on the Bible 
and on Jesus and the gospel, then how do you see baptism or how do you see um, the gifts of the spirit or how do you see these other things? You know, we're just going to set those aside and we're not going to talk about that. And for me, there was a richness about those relationships with people who on some issues, I mean, I would just really have strong disagreements, but since we were only focused on learning how to share our faith and going out and doing it, and we knew we agreed to this, so everybody knew Jesus, and there were lifelong fronts mm-hmm. and relationships that were there. And I, it just always caused me to think, man, that's, I think, going to be cool about heaven because I don't think there's going to be like a section of heaven for the charismatics and a section of heaven for the Baptists and a section of heaven for the Presbyterians. I, I think that we are going to get there, and now, of course, in humility, we'll all see where we were, you know, some of these other issues, you know, maybe, but, but there are such wonderful believers. And so I, I, to me, this is a very important question because in our society today, where everything is, we fight about everything and we, we, we're taking stands on every little piece of thing that comes out. You know, we got to take a position and we got to let everybody know. And to right. me, it just causes so much division. So, right. I, I think it's important to be um, clear on something here. Um, so for every question you might ask, for every theological question that you might ask, there's exactly one right answer. Yes. It's just, that's just the nature of reality that does not entail though, that I know what the answer is or that the answer that I give you is the right answer. Right? So as a matter of discipleship, it, I am motivated and I think rightly motivated to search the scriptures and do my very best to figure out what seems to be the right answer. And I think in those when I'm doing that, when I'm diligently searching the scriptures, I don't think there's anything at all wrong with saying this is the right answer. As best as I can see it, mm-hmm. this is the right answer. But that's a little bit different. So that's sort of the reality side of this. The other side of this, though, is the practical side about how we interact with other people. Right. And that's sort of what you were touching on, Steve, when you're working with evangelism, evangelism explosion because of the nature of that work, there is a, that changes what you have to agree on in order to do that work together. Absolutely. But for different kinds of things, yes. like if we're in, if we're fellow church members, mm-hmm. right, that's going to create a different set of things that become important. Yeah. That's why our doctoral statement is right. more than just those five statements. There are other things that we felt are important because here's the, I would fully, fully endorse what you just said, Rich, and I would even take it a step further. And what we believe theologically is important because theology always plays itself out. So if we're wrong theologically, it may be even, you know, not one of those big five areas, right? A more minor area. It still has consequence. It still has repercussions. So we do want to be as accurate and uh, continue to search and look for, for the truth because there is one. Um, but 
the so it's a, it is a very important thing but yet i don't know that we should let it get in the way of of relationship with people right um and you know being jesus right uh, um, yeah and i guess um you know the the church split over doctrine right um, no, I, it was color carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I have a story. Oh, well, I, 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 well, I was going to say, you know, I've mentioned before. I went to a Christian college, and I'm not going to say what the issue was because maybe we'll do an episode on it. And also, I don't want to get into that conversation right now. But there was a particular theological issue mm-hmm. that a lot of people like to discuss. I'm sure you guys have a lot of things in your brain right oh, now, especially college students. I feel love the to dorm discuss room this conversation. So, so. <laughs> On my hall that I lived on, again, particular issue that just caused people to get so angry with each other, you know, past the point of we're having a discussion and then it's just turning into my RAs made a rule that on our hall, at least you could not discuss that topic. Right. They said you can have it outside. You can go to a different hall, library, dining hall. We don't care where you're not having this discussion on this hall because it's causing a lot of tension and strife and all that. So So it was predestined you couldn't talk about it right it was definitely predestined (laughs) that we could not talk about it um (laughs) so so that's what's so difficult though you know we we're joking we're talking because i mean it's true but there can be a point where it it goes beyond a disagreement and it gets just mean and angry and hurtful. So, right. so how would you encourage people to have these conversations? Number one, don't be mean. Don't be a jerk. It's good advice. Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. I mean, so the reason I, yeah, it's the proverbial dorm room conversation is because college students are younger and less mature and less <laughs> able to interact with others in a helpful way. Not you, of course, Sarah, you were I'm sure. No, I was not. No, I didn't like to have those conversations <laughs> yeah. in general because I, but yeah, but anyway, it, but it is a real challenge. Like I don't like if, if a hypothetically speaking, if there's a church family and a doctrinal issue comes up and part of the, half the church says at best as we can tell, we search the scriptures. This is what we think it's teaching. And the other half says, as best as we can tell, we search the scriptures. It's not teaching that it's teaching this. I don't have a problem with them deciding to go their separate ways. To me, that seems legitimate, assuming it's an issue of practical importance when it comes to a church family living together, because there are other things that you could disagree about, but still be perfectly happy being fellow church members, practically speaking, and living and encouraging one another. And so I think that's the hard part uh, as fallen humans is trying to navigate those waters and figure out when we've identified something that's worth parting ways over. And when we've identified something that's just a difference of opinion, one of us is definitely wrong. Uh, but you know what? We don't have to sort it out this side of heaven. Yeah. Well, another thing, I mean, and this goes for a lot of topics, not just theology, but we'll keep it theology is, you know, and I've, I I feel qualified to say this as the digital communications director, but but don't have those conversations behind a screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bring it in person because we are willing to say things from behind a keyboard and behind a screen that we would never, well, some might, but most of us would not say sitting across the table from someone. So I always encourage whatever the topic is, if it's, if it's of a serious nature, if it's of, especially involving a disagreement, 
get face to face and talk it out in person. So don't be a jerk. And the other thing is to be humble, right? The way I think about this is, yes, again, as I said before, I have the responsibility to diligently search the scriptures, knowing that there is a right answer to the question. I have the responsibility to search the scriptures and find out what the right answer is. But at the same time, I have to remember that at the end of that process of figuring all that out, I could still be wrong. I'm, I'm fallen. I'm imperfect. And I could, my answer is passionate and as, as convinced as I can be. And I'll, uh, it's okay for me to tell you I'm convinced it, there still remains the possibility that I'm seeing things wrongly and somebody else has the right answer. First Corinthians eight, one, I think Paul puts it as, as beautifully as can be. And this was the one I told you, this whole project started for me back in 2020. And this was the verse that I thought, why don't people understand this? Now he's talking about things sacrificed to idols, which was one of those practical things they were dealing with. And he says, we know that we all have knowledge. So we all have our opinion. We all think we know truth on this. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. And to me, that's the thing, right? There are there are things that we cannot compromise on. Uh, let's, let's talk about those doctrines we've already dealt with, the doctrine, and then we're going to be getting into yeah. salvation and all that. We can't. That doesn't mean we have to be unkind to people. But we can't compromise on those. There's other things. I mean, you all may not know know this, but there are certain things that Rich and I would see differently <laughs> when it comes to theology. <laughs> it does. And he's been real nice to maybe not point those things out all the time, right? <laughs> but we are we're dear friends, right? We we I want to learn from him. I think he wants to learn yes. from me. We yes. want to hear. Now, it may not convince us. Uh, you know, there's something I was just sitting with a guy in, in uh, Panera having a nice tea <laughs> and was expressing something that I believe and I believe scripture is very clear on. If you would just take the time to look at it, that most everybody would disagree with me about. All right. So but I feel pretty strongly about it. And if you knew the story of why you even came to that position, you know, it's an emotional piece for me. But. It's, it's just not in the big scheme of things all that important. You know, when we get home, they'll see I'm right and it will be good, right? <laughs> we just let it go. Right. right. But I think we have to be very, very careful to, in, in all things, love. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean we compromise truth. That doesn't mean we um, we're willing to back away from truth. But you can live truth with grace. Jesus did. And I think for Christians that this is the heart of what it means to try to live theologically and and biblically is that we want to stand in truth. We want to grow in our knowledge of truth. But we've got to do it with grace. We have to do it with love. Because as Paul says, we know that we all have knowledge but knowledge makes arrogant. It's love that edifies. And I think that's the balance that for, for me is missing. Uh, And some of it's our culture, which 
I think that's even maybe a worse statement about Christians that we let our culture f- changes this much. Um, we should be setting the culture. We should be people who are loving, right. even loving our enemies. That doesn't mean we agree with what they're doing or that we don't stand for truth, but we can still love enemies. So it's interesting. I'm just kind of observing how our conversation has gone so far. And it seems to me that we've, we've identified sort of three different levels that we might be in. You started with your story about cooperating with other believers in evangelism explosion. Mm-hmm. And this was a very broad, just very basic yes. things. And then we talked about sort of a, another circle where the question is, can we get get along together in the context of a local church? And then a minute ago, you talked about things we don't compromise on, right? And so I think it's important to talk about these different levels. Like there are some things that if if somebody tells me I believe this or I don't believe that, some of those topics, I'm going to say, okay, you're not a Christian. Even if you say that you are, if you don't believe these things or you do believe these things, you're, I'm going to be praying for your salvation. That's how I'm going to approach my interaction with you. Yeah. There are other things that are sort of at that next broad level. Like if we're in agreement about this stuff, we can be in church together. People who don't agree with us, we're not going to say that they're lost. We're not going to treat oh. them as unbelievers. We're just going to say for practical purposes, we probably shouldn't be together in the same church family or something like that. And then there's that broad level of even more cooperation based on, you know, very generic beliefs. Yeah. So I, I let's admit, let me go back to my story about EE. I mean, there were churches that I taught in that I could never attend church there. I mean, it, it's, it wasn't their type of worship or anything like that. It was just their doctrinal beliefs. I didn't believe, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe they're right. I think it leads to bad things down the line. Um, but they love Jesus. And so at that level, I could, hey, they're brothers in Christ and I could appreciate them and we could work together in that. But had I lived there, mm-hmm. I would not have attended that church. Did you know that um, I was raised in the United Methodist Church? I did not know yeah. that. So I was a, I was a Methodist uh, and I came to faith in Christ. And later on, I learned that the Baptist way was the right way. That was supposed <laughs> to be a joke. I, I actually, I didn't, it was interesting for me because I became a Baptist theologically before I knew who Baptists were. There was no Baptists in my realm and I came to Baptist life and I'm home. Uh, But so, and that's an example of what you're saying. Like I, I just could not be a member now today. I could not in good conscience be a member of a United Methodist church. Although I consider them brothers and sisters in Christ, there's all kinds of things I could cooperate with them on all, but, but we just couldn't be in, I couldn't be a a church member there. Right. Yeah. Because ultimately I don't think it would be good for your spiritual health or or them. You You end up just bumping into each other instead of cooperating. And, um, you know, we, we want to live with grace and sometimes, you know, that is in that part of, of understanding that, Hey, we're just not going to see eye to eye and we're going to agree to disagree. And that, in some way does change the relationship and but that's okay we can still love each other we can still encourage one another but you know we're uh, and then we'll wait till we get to heaven right. and all of this gets sorted out but even with even within a church family though like our we've been we've been using our church's doctrinal statement sort of mm-hmm. as a pattern for these first bunch of episodes 
I think even there, I think we need to be gracious enough to allow for varying degrees of confidence that people mm-hmm. hold, right? Yeah. So the, how, how would you say, Steve, about like, when you look at our doctrinal statement, how would you describe what that means practically for people here at Desert Springs? Like, what, what is that? What are we saying about the, Did we say that everybody has to have? No, but what we're saying is this is what we're going to teach. Probably right. the best example, we're not there yet, be one of our last ones, because it always is in theology is when it comes to uh, eschatology, right. things to come. Right. And it's a lot easier to talk about things that have been than <laughs> things that are to come. And as a church, we hold a premillennial, pre-tribulational wrath position, right? So, and what I always explain to people is, listen, the important word of those two for you is premillennial, because that's how we view the Bible. Right. We view the Bible from a, a literal interpretation we believe that Jesus is going to come back and set up his kingdom. That's what it means pre-millennial. He comes back before the millennium. He sets up his kingdom. The pre-tribulational rapture, you know, I, I believe that. I hold to that. That's what we're going to preach. But it's really not that important, uh, you know, other than if you want to live in fear of of seven years tribulation, that's okay. Uh, but yeah. it's really in the big scheme of things, not that important, but yeah. I want you, but I wanted people to know that that was going to be our perspective because right. again, theology has, um, consequences. And if you get to the point where Jesus cannot come back today, then how do we live in light of his return? You know, I, I think there there is in Scripture very much a, we are to live in like Jesus could come back today. Right. Jesus could come back today. So that to me, but it, it, in the big scheme of things, is really not that important. So your example is a good one because that's sort of like I'll speak autobiographically. So I, I'm perfectly comfortable with, with what you described about the end times. I think there are passages that I could point to that I think teach that. There are biblical themes that I think I could point to that teach that at the same time, I'm, I'm well aware of all of the other arguments. I'm aware of the arguments against that view. And so for me, what I would say is on those points, although I'm perfectly happy with them, my confidence level, let's say is a lot lower on that than it is, let's say on the things we've said about Christ in the last couple of episodes. Right. And so there can be these varying levels of confidence. And we do, we have people in our church who, do believe in a, um, you know, kind of a, a post-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation. We've actually got a few of those. And we've had those discussions and we're cool. And they would just, because of their grace, they would never teach that. They would, you know, if it came into discussion, they would say, well, here's my perspective on it. Right. And we would be great. They've talked to me. I have no right. problem with that. Uh, because to me, that one is really just not that important. Uh, but one to give people that Thing. You're looking to clock, Sarah. Well, I was going to say, if you, if, if you don't go to church here, we're studying Revelation right now, if you couldn't tell. Oh. Mm. <laughs> well, and just really quick, you know, it's funny. We were chatting before and we thought, oh, this is going to be a shorter episode, but we're actually <laughs> starting to go over our time. What I don't want people to miss is what are those things that you just can't compromise on? The deity of Christ. The inspiration of scripture. Uh and the other things the, you said earlier. The, 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 the atonement. Yeah, yeah salvation through salvation Christ. Salvation through uh, Jesus Christ alone, the bodily resurrection, 
and the fact the universal need for salvation there's a couple other things we could throw in there and the fact that jesus one day is going to come back now how he gets back we can we can disagree on but the fact that he is going to come back and return that's uh, he said if i go away i'm coming back the angel said the same jesus he's going to return somehow some way yep Well, I hope this episode's been helpful. You know, we we thought it would be a great just to kind of place this in the middle of some of our discussions on these topics. We're going to be back again next week, so we hope you'll join us. We'll see you then. We'll look forward to seeing you. Thanks for listening to Resident Strangers, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. Resident Strangers is hosted by Steve Ingram, Rich Holland, and me, Sarah Shallow. Our show is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie, and again, me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and visit dscchurch.com for more information. Yeah.